All right. Welcome to the Discuss and Discuss podcast, where we'll talk about Saga today. Well, just the first issues from 1 through 18, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a long day. All right. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> I am Kevin. And I'm Derek. All right. Let's get into it. So on my notes, I just put the stock. What do you think of this the character? Uh, so should we introduce no. Saga a little bit? Who cares? Okay. <laughs> Who cares? They're here. They they didn't tune in here because. <laughs> all right, all right, fine. I'll I'll do the thing. Just... <laughs> it's our well, podcast. We... We'll do what we want. <laughs> Well, Saga is interesting because if you were to describe it in like one little quick slogany type of line and sell it to people, it would be like if Romeo and Juliet had a baby with Star Wars, you know, all these creatures in space and this, these two um, canoodle each other and have a baby, (laughs) but they're, they're from opposing species. Would you say species? Yeah. Yeah. Well, species, culture, same, same. And they're not allowed to, to fornicate because they're at war. You know, yeah. big old fun stuff. But they do, and they have a baby. And everyone on both sides want this baby dead. So let's get into the well, stock. Actually, actually, <laughs> actually, they don't want the baby dead. They want the baby uh, alive. They want oh, the other. They want Marco and Alana to, to be dead. They Yeah, so they want the baby. <laughs> Which is kind of an interesting thing because they don't they don't go into detail why they want the baby alive. So that kind of raises like a little questionable um uh, question mark. <laughs> I couldn't figure out a word to fill it. <laughs> yeah. So the first eighteen episodes we're still kind of building episodes. up to that Can't point. You tell Sorry, we're 18, <laughs> yeah. eighteen issues. So you know, one side sends hit. I guess both sides send hitmen in the the form of the something. And in this case, you mentioned the stock. I don't like her, it, but in a good way because her character design is disgusting. Oh, the so they're freelancers, but, and yeah, freelancers. and you're right, they're yeah. hitmen. Um, but the stock was kind of cool when I first saw her on my page <laughs> because this was pre disgusting. <laughs> and i was like when i so i have the uh the book you know so and it's like i don't even know it's like 14 inches long so it's big old fat pages so it's this big old page of her on there just just a single page dedicated to her and i was like dang this is an interesting look and she's <laughs> and she's like topless <laughs> all of them are that's why i like about this is that everything is so unique to this world it's so rich with characters that have very like refreshingly new designs and stuff and she's she's a arachnid lady whoa whoa <laughs> whoa, like... whoa whoa well she's wearing a dress so i was i was fooled because <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know she looked fine because it, it she's she, sure she doesn't have a top on but she's got like that bottom dress thing on. So I was like, oh, okay. She's kind of like a normal thing. Oh, yeah. She doesn't have arms, which was interesting. So I was like, wow, this, the stock is somehow 
a freelance like hitman and then it's revealed that she's arachna disgusticus she got hands for hands for legs people hands for legs she's kind of nasty she's She's very proficient in killing (laughs) as you learn right away dang she reminds me of like an anime uh character is it from like avatar probably one piece there's a there's that big lady in one piece oh no no um jujutsu kaisen that oh yeah wait wait not jujutsu kaisen my bad dude Uh, Demon Slayer. Chain, no, Chainsaw Man. Have you seen Chainsaw oh, Man? Oh, Chainsaw Man. Yeah. yeah. You saw, it's the <laughs> that girl that can like when she gives up her soul, like everything, and then the that demon takes over. No, not Mako. The oh, sorry. The one that puked on Chainsaw Dude. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. She gave up her body to try and like in hopes to save him, and then the full demon takes over, and she's. She's got nothing by hands. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how I said they had really unique character design? I think we're finding out she's not that unique. But she is still cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, she's got like yeah. eight, eight like demon eyes, which was kind of cool because it reminded me of Demon Slayer. But um, oh, yeah, but that kind of reiterates your sting. About... <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I was trying to defend you and then I walked myself into a in a corner <laughs> they're all really cool though they really are so and then we also meet the other freelancers like the will and he's like a super he's like captain america but with like a lance <laughs> that's oh, like yeah. a sword that extends and stuff and uh, he has like this super cool egyptian like cat the will is so cool man he's cool he's cool he he's very good guy even though he's a freelance <laughs> mercenary He's he kind of has yeah. like nice guy syndrome. <laughs> yes. Oh, dude, heavy heavy nice guy syndrome, but he's willing to kill <laughs> for the people that he cares about. <laughs> so, he goes and saves a kid. Yeah, he saves that slave girl, and he just like straight up smashes that that dude's face. And I was like, damn. Well, in the comics, well, no, not comic, in the graphic. It was leading up to this idea that you weren't sure what the will wanted to do with the slave girl. And it was kind of going near like a dark place of like, oh man, she's only like nine or something. Maybe. Yeah. Like she's six. No, she's six. Oh, she's she's, six years. She's even younger. But yeah, it was going towards that like dark space. And I was like, oh, gross. I, I don't know if I want to turn the page. And then I turned the page and then he like, he saves the girl and then he smashes that slave owner owner's face and i was like oh okay cool so the will is kind of a good guy (laughs) he's a good guy he knows so the thing with this series that they do so well with is play on the love uh, the theme of love so throughout this whole journey there's a lot of aspects of love and how it's a very powerful element to the story there's also a lot of play on relationships and this is wonderful. And they also don't stray away from things that are sensitive. And that's something that I really like because the world's not, you know, not all just guns and roses type thing. That's not guns right. Guns and roses. Black and white. It's not all just roses. It's not, just... <laughs> it's not all roses. There are guns and roses. Anyway. So, yeah, he finds this slave girl, six years old, you know, at a, uh, a brothel. 
essentially a brothel. So you guys get the idea there, and he goes and saves the girl after some, like, I don't know, after some stuff happens. And it's so cool to see, like, these darker themes at play. And as we're reading them, it just only, you can tell it's probably going to get darker and darker. Like, we even meet, uh, I guess, on this planet where the other, the, the fugitives are. There's a whole host of ghosts who died there. But uh, it turns out that this world is like, you know, if you die, you your soul gets stuck to the world so you can protect it. And I thought that was like really interesting because like we see all how all these people die and we see a girl that's, you know, uh, who got her body chopped off. And she's a ghost and she's helping the world try to defend itself and stuff. And I thought that was really cool, you know, like kind of playing off of those darker stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of cool, interesting, like magic and not just magic, but supernatural things. It's it's just cool, you know, I think Star Wars should have been like this instead of just dancing around Skywalker for like 25 movies. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, come on. Look at all these interesting Ooh. characters. Don't you want to like... That's what made Star Wars interesting is that the idea of possibility or of possible like different life forms and a different society, magic and supernatural. It just lets the fantasy kind of take on its own life, you know? Yeah, but, it's almost Star Wars meets the boys. I don't know about that. <laughs> you know how like crazy the boys are and like... All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, just me. Just me. The boys is nastier. Is like raunchier. And they have superpowers. So, so they allow... Well, okay. Well, graphic novels are, you know, meant to be graphic. So not not <laughs> yeah. every not every page is going <laughs> to lead up to a, a little thing, as I'm referencing the boys without spoiling it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So out of the 18 episodes, I keep saying episodes, out of the 18 issues that we've read, who so far, besides the will, is your like favorite character like that you really like? Oh my gosh, that's a tough one. I like a lot of characters. I like, I like Barr, and I like Gwendolyn, and I also like um, Alana. Yes, I would agree with Alana. Barr is a good one. I, for some reason, also kind of like... Prince Robot. Oh fourth. yeah, Prince Robot the fourth. <laughs> I kind of like him too. He's interesting, even though they're all interesting. These all these characters are so good. I, it really is like Gwendolyn coming in. Um, I know we're going all over the place too. Sorry, you know it's tough to discuss eighteen issues. <laughs> <laughs> trying to pick out the good moments. But, but Robot Prince Robot the fourth. I like him because. All these characters are complex, but him being in a place of nobility as well as a warrior in his race, he's still tied to that military background, so he cannot have a life, even though he really wants one. And he's going to have a kid come. He has a kid coming on the way with a princess and like his relationship and like with her and everyone else is just so interesting to see and if you guys want to know the details of this character too it's like a robot dude and he has a tv for a head like that's pretty much it and he (laughs) plays his memories every so often on the tv and so like those are the moments that i really enjoy about this series like 
people like him, like Gwendolyn, like the Will, like they're so cool to follow along because you kind of want to root for all of them. You can't, but you kind of want to. Yeah, what made me like uh, Prince Robot the Fourth is <laughs> it's weird that he's a robot because he's not really a robot. He just has a TV as a head and it has a human body. Yeah, more well, android. Yeah. Um, but there's that moment where he shows up on the battlefield and there's like that rat character, that the medic or engineer or something like that. The squirrel. It was I think the, it was the squirrel. Yeah, the squirrel. I have a picture of it and on my phone <laughs> just cuz I like I like that moment cuz he's trying to help him at the same time, but like there's this gas that gets released. And it's just like this sweet medic that's trying to do this for like a good cause. And you kind of like you're rooting for this squirrel character. And then there's this gas that gets released into the air. And then Prince Robot's like, where's your mask? And then the squirrel's like, they, they didn't give me a mask. <laughs> and then this is the moment where it's like, oh, crap. The rat or the squirrel's like, am I going to die? And then like there's nothing to be done. You just see the squirrel's head like explode which yeah it's a short-lived character but in that short-lived moment i felt the impact of it i was like oh yeah you wanted her to work out and be a bigger character and it's so funny and it's to show the the brutality of war because both sides are just fighting for their own causes and stuff and one thing that i like that prince robot says it's a quote from him he says that never worry what others think of you because no one ever thinks of you oh it's kind of yeah, like yeah. that moment like, like where that. it doesn't matter if we think about the squirrel person because the squirrel person is dead like you know stuff like that it's well, just so that it resonates <laughs> i like that quote uh to take it deeper it's it's like in our own lives you know how we're always self-conscious about how people perceive us or think about us there's always moments where I hit that uh, reality check or humility. Like I get humbled because I'm like, oh man, this person is probably thinking about me. This pro- person is like uh, lower. Rather, I want them to think about me or something like that. But then there's like a moment of conversation that happens where they say something hurtful without realizing it. They're like, uh, they say something like, um, Oh, I can't even think of it. I'm not even noticed. You know what I mean? Just those statements where it's like, wow, I'm not even noticed. And I've been here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see where you're going with it. I, I like this quote because I actually just recently also heard it in Ted Lasso. I've been telling you about this show for how long? And it's such a good show, Ted Lasso. But essentially, he says the same thing along the lines of, don't worry about what people think of you because they're probably not thinking of you. I love that so much. It's something that I kind of work through with my therapist too. So like there's this synchronicity, I'm sorry, synchronicity in the I don't world. Know, man. Synchronicity uh, sounds way cooler. <laughs> sounds sounds, sounds <laughs> better. It's of like people uh, saying synchronicity, but that. with an extra, extra juice. <laughs> 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 Just a lot of, add a little bit of me in there, but yeah, it's just, you know, the world telling me not to worry about stuff. Like, I am an overthinker, for sure. Like, I, I can admit that to myself because when someone says or does something, I'm immediately like, oh, I wonder why they did that. Did they do it because they th- think so-and-so of me? Or did I do something that caused them to do this? And most of the time, it was like, no, they don't even know that they did it. 
And that's something I've learned living with certain roommates and stuff. Like I would always think that way. I would always overanalyze it. I would talk to my wife like, hey, do you think this person did it on purpose? Did they mean to do this thing? And a lot of the times like, no, like they didn't even know they did it, nor do they know that it affects me. And I didn't even know it affects me at certain times, you know? Uh, so this quote popping up now is something that I really resonate with currently. Lots of themes, lots of good lots quotes. Of Before we get into more quotes, though. So Barr was like such a short-lived character. <laughs> but I loved him. because So Barr is Marco's dad. And it was kind of interesting when they first appear on the ship. And, and he's... At first, you're afraid because this is Marco's parents realizing that he kind of like disobeyed like their whole tradition and like um he did what you're not supposed to do like the unspeakable i guess so you would think that his parents would like berate him or like punish him or like hold higher con- higher negative consequences but then bar ended up being like super caring and like nurturing for the baby and he ends up like weaving like new clothes and stuff like that like that's a superpower or not really a superpower. Yeah. That's his power. He, no, he weaves it. He weaves it out of flowers. I think that's the thing that's super crazy. Mm-hmm. He uses nature to weave like clothes and armor for his family. Yeah. And what's funny is like Alana's like, wow, I can't believe I have a father in law that's a seamstress. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> yeah. he's, like, he's like, what? I'm an armor. Like, I'm an armor. <laughs> <laughs> But so, uh, so then like when the ship is pushing past capacity as they're trying to escape from like the time suck and he weaves like this big old line trying to like hold the ship together. Oh, and it just sucks because so many big moments right prior to that is he needed to tell Alana a secret in order for them to cast a spell. And his secret was was that he only has like a month left to live, which is just like, oh. So then in my mind, I'm like, all right, he's going to be alive for like another month. But then when the ship gets pushed past past capacity in order to escape and he like releases a ton of power just trying to help the whole family escape, keep this rocket ship intact. And then I was like, oh, this is the moment. He's gone. He's gone. So he ends up so, like draining himself to like his entire life force, basically, which was sad. Yeah, it's it's a really good it's another good theme throughout this whole book is the theme of life and death. We see a ton of life, but same with death. We mentioned the squirrel girl, a squirrel girl, not the squirrel girl, but you know the one the, the medic, as well as Bar the dad. They're short lived. They died quick, and they get mentioned. Well, the squirrel doesn't, but Bar gets mentioned every so often, and then from there you continue to move forward from these deaths, from these characters. And it's cool because we don't get that a lot in a lot of other graphic novels. I would even venture to say like manga and stuff. We would show, they would normally show like the process of grief and stuff. But in this one, because they're fugitives and maybe due to their circumstance, they don't have that time to grieve as much as they want to. And we don't feel it. And it just continues to live on with life and that's what i don't know it's just it's a really interesting way to play off of those themes in here and complicated relationships i know you wanted to talk about this too when you mentioned the will and the stock 
you want to <laughs> you want to tell them about that yeah and i just want to finish up bar and the squirrel is that short-lived <laughs> but they leave big impacts on the story yeah so like it's it's something that the last of us is failing to do intent but anyway so back to the will and the stock it's crazy because the will is in love with the stock and this is why i brought up the nice guy syndrome thing because like he is in love with the stock but then the stock was like being a dick to him (laughs) 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 like she was being mean she was saying some hurtful things man um because like she was she found Marco and needed help or something like that. And the I thought they were going to rekindle their relationship over the this phone call because it's like, oh, yeah, they're on the same mission. You know, they can have a moment here. And then the shocking moment happens where the stock gets shot. And I was like, wait, no way. No way is this character going to, like, die right now. And I was just I was shocked, man. I was I was not expecting so much death. To, to occur in this um, graphic novel. I, I thought it was just like, sure, one. <laughs> but after like many, many pages of character and relationship and growth, this graphic novel is kind of doing is you get attached to these characters really quick and then they're off really quick too. But it's also impactful to the story, allowing it to move forward as well. So it's not, there can be moments where a character dies or uh, an event happens where multiple characters die and then we linger on it so long for indulgent purposes. <laughs> but here, it's like you said, things happen and then we have to move forward because it is a story that that has urgency and they keep that urgency, which is really cool. We're not we're not um, ignoring time. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. So eloquent. It's so eloquently put <laughs> and to play <laughs> off of it in my own way. The- Another nice touch to this is that every single relationship also has a reaction to another person's life or relationship. Like the stock was killed by the prince robot looking for the two fugitives. And because of that, now the will has a relationship to the prince and has a reason to look for him. And it's stuff like this that really gets my juices going because I love moments like this. (laughs) There's an equation here and they're filling it out and we're trying to get to the answer, right? And and it's just so nicely done. It's not forced. It's very it's very natural in the way it's progressing and it's having this effect where again, every reaction, you know, for every action there's a reaction and that's what we're getting here. There's a consequence to things that these people do. You kill one person, guess what? Like that person was tied to another person that person was affected in this way and so on and so forth. And, and it, it's so cool seeing all these characters connect, be involved in this. Yeah. In connection and stuff. And this web, <laughs> that this web. the stock is now dead. And <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's, it's cool. Cause it, they're allowing these characters to interact and it's not so in story writing. Sure. You have to kind of force these characters to somehow, eventually come together so like when these moments happen it's like oh look this connecting prince robot the fourth to the stock will automatically bring the will in and then now you have this potential relationship that has to happen later and it's more i don't even know what to say it it doesn't feel 
manufactured like <laughs> we just got and, done and, talking and, about <laughs> the last of us so it's like these relationships in the last of us feel like it's manufactured due to story rather than um be natural and yeah it is because of story <laughs> but, but you don't yeah. you don't um see it i guess yeah and we recognize there's two different mediums too like going through a graphic novel which may have may have had a little bit more time to flesh out maybe versus a tv show where there's kind of a shorter deadline in in writing i understand that (laughs) (laughs) this was like maybe like a research material for it because again these relationships have uh, a natural reaction down the line and so if the last of us had these same moments easily best best show on tv but right now <laughs> it's it's missing the mark in a lot of different ways but going back into saga everything is so original it's so refreshing to 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 read there's also moments where they speak uh, so the people who are horned is kind of like the, the lesser species they speak of a language that we can't understand and it's not translated that's another small detail i really enjoy in this whole series because we're not meant to know what they say essentially, but we understand what they say through their actions afterwards and you know some context and stuff. So these are the moments of detail that I wish The Last of Us put in because it doesn't feel like The Last of Us treats us as intellectual as an intellectual audience that we can pick up on certain cues. You know, they waste their time some they kind of waste their time either putting too much detail or too much thought into certain stuff or not doing that enough and so it's refreshing to read the the graphic novel saga versus watching the last of us after we keep talking about it and again unfortunately shit on it honestly yeah like i feel like i'd rather just read instead of watch stuff (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like i actually yeah. have to bring myself to to watch the last of us and that sucks because because like yeah. i do like the last of us but reading just seems to be better right now like just the story is better and it's not i don't even know we can pick it apart until the end of time so <laughs> <laughs> so marco is kind of like i don't even know do you think marco did the right thing and um just moving on from Gwendolyn onto Alana because he's a no I mean, he's however, like the protagonist yeah and Gwendolyn this is ex-fiance uh <laughs> but no I don't think it's right however I think it's human because he goes away to war and I don't know if they actually talk about how long he was away I think it was like a few years so it's natural for them to grow apart and he finds someone else that works out like it happens like i've had it happen to me i was in a relationship and you know i I didn't think it would work but we tried to work it out and then she ended up falling for someone else and we broke it off then and it was devastating i was gwendolyn i I feel like i was gwendolyn in this relationship (laughs) but it's life it's it's the thing that makes it worth living is like those moments that hurt us that we experience it makes it so that we remember that we're we're living and so reading it here i i continue to connect with these characters and resonate so that relationship him and gwendolyn again i don't think it's right however i think it's a part of life that it just 
happens. Dude, yeah, I like Gwendolyn. Even like I know she's badass. Yeah, she's badass, and she looks cool too. Her yeah. artwork and that last page of Gwendolyn near the end of this, um, the issues that we've read, where um, she confronts Marco and Alana on like that the tower ish, where because um, they're staying at that writer's place, uh, the lighthouse. Oh yeah, the lighthouse. Yeah, and. She says that line, like, you fucking broke my heart or something like that. And I was like, damn. It's This is just a still image with, like, a comic or that comic bubble. But I still felt, like, a lot of motion from it, which was really cool. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't expecting And we keep saying it's really cool. <laughs> like, it's not a better word to say, but it's just so refreshing, like, to feel what these characters are feeling versus... I don't know, being disconnected <laughs> like when we watch The Last of Us or whatever else. Yeah, like I really felt for Gwendolyn and it's just strange. I was not expecting that and it happens um, multiple times with other characters too. Like, I don't know what this D stands for, but it's D. Oswald Heist, the writer. He dropped some major bombs, man. And I'm like, damn, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't write it down, sadly, but there's he's he said something about how um, rules rules were meant to be followed. But it's actually if you look deeper than that, they're actually meant to be broken because who the hell else or who the hell doesn't want an adventure? And that was kind of like a big line that taps into my past because I'm like, damn, I should have broke the rules more. Should have been more fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Again, we kind of touched in it maybe in a few episodes ago of our podcast, but we were raised very similarly, but our family was fairly strict, I guess you can say, in that they had really high expectations for everyone. You know, everyone was either supposed to be a doctor or something that <laughs> paid well mainly and gave you a good lifestyle. And I think about that pretty often too, right? Like if we played by the rules, we would have gone and become became a doctor or something. But me personally, I went and, you know, danced on the urban choreography dance team competitively for three years, three and a half years of my life that I would never take away because I got to experience and meet so many, or I got to experience so many different things and meet so many interesting people in my life. So I feel like I was the only one who really did that. I know... Another cousin of ours, Min, he sold me a lot of stuff about how he felt like he took a leap of faith as well in his career path. And look at where he's at now, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, same here. So but look at more. where I'm at now. I'm at the deep, <laughs> deep bottom barrel of the well of just pure <laughs> darkness and failures. Every time I scream and shout, it just echoes up a dark tunnel. <laughs> and then here's the box. And here's the podcast. <laughs> the light of the tunnel. Well, speaking of family, there's this line that Alana <laughs> said, <laughs> and I thought it was real cool. This was like in the first like couple pages where um, they're being attacked. So Alana and Marco is being attacked, and they just delivered a freaking baby. Marco was like, let's just run or something like that. We have a family to think about now. And then Alana is like, we have a family to think about now is the rallying cry of losers. and. I needed to take a moment to kind of like reflect on what this means. 
does it ring anything for you? I, yes, a hundred percent. Same thing. Like my dad worked crazy amount of hours to support my family and him himself being a big family man is kind of funny and it's super ironic because he wasn't there for a lot of big moments and he tried to be there every so often, but he had a very interesting perspective. Like, like when he would go to a basketball game of mine and watch me on the bench the whole time, he'd be like, oh, that was a waste of time. Or when he'd go and watch me play tennis and again, maybe he's only there for a little bit because I play at the end, you know, like once every other varsity uh, or person who's above above me plays and so he would wait there a few hours waiting for me to play and he's like all right well i can't wait any longer and then i would go up to play and he'd have to leave it's like yeah like you're gonna miss all those moments of of life you know yeah see it's it's so weird it's such like the rallying cry of losers kind of just makes me think about the idea of giving up like giving up on i don't know maybe it's hope or optimism so when you say we have a family to think about now it's almost like saying are we we are tied down to only do these type of things rather than pushing forward or moving ourselves upward to to be able to do all the things you know so you mentioning what happened in your past it's it's so strange to hear um like we have a family to think about now and how that would be interpreted through your dad's mind, because he's probably like, oh, I have to think about my family. So I have to go to work all the time. Like that's his way of saying, or of his way of taking care of you rather than like be there and emotionally support you and cheering you on on the sidelines, even though that would equally be supportive, you know? So yeah. kind of, I don't know, this, this line. Great line. It's a great line. <laughs> It really is. <laughs> it's so sad, you know. There's something bittersweet about it because you would think we have a family to think about now is a good thing, but it's yeah. it feels like uh, defeat. <laughs> well, just to also play the opposite, you know, kind of devil's advocate in this case, Barr does a really good job fighting against this. I guess uh, this this notion that. We have family now is a rallying cry for losers because in his short time, he also says that uh, there's a line here. So, you know, they're getting attacked. And then Alana says, Barb, be careful, your heart. And then he cuts her off and says, is down in the engine room right now. And he's talking about his wife. That to me is what the definition of we have a family to think about now should be like, right? You're willing to give up everything for this person you know, your family, you're, you're willing to put your life on the line because you've already lived life with them and things like that. You love them so much, you're going to do anything for essentially. So this, to me, like, again, this is the opposite end of the spectrum where he sacrifices himself for a loved one. Yeah, he was super heroic. Like he was, he was on his last stride anyways. So he was like, yeah, I'm ready to risk it all to protect the people that I care about, you know? And this would be the complete opposite of what Alana experienced because i have a quote here where she's like my old man threw his life away working a job he hated so he could take care of his family in the end it just turned him into a monster who treated us like crap the few times he was actually around it's i don't know in in alana's like five minutes or whatever of time she got to spend with bar 
Bar was already like a greater dad that she ever had, which is just insane. There's there's a lot of themes being being touched. Everything's gonna hit you in the feels. They're gonna find a way to just hit you where it hurts, man. (laughs) They just know. So this is excellent writing, excellent art style. Like the art style is just so easy to look at, and you just want to stare at the page for so long. Yeah, no, I had a questionable boner. That's how easy. (laughs) (laughs) So easy to look at. Uh, There's also a a character uh, that I had to examine because I was this this. examine. It's so interesting. Yeah, because it was the giant dude uh, after. Oh, the time suck? Hazel gets... Yeah, the time suck. No, no, no. Uh, the 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 giant that was protecting the time suck. It was uh, when they first get there. So it was um, Marco and his mother. They go to this planet to look for oh, Hazel. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. And it's not Hazel. Giant it's uh, Isabel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isabel's yeah, the ghost. Isabel. Yeah. Yeah, Isabel's the ghost. And then... Uh, yeah, and then they face this giant that's naked. There's a fucking swinging around like yeah that was he's... a weird picture <laughs> i was just like dude this this is so crazy like they're not afraid to like touch on these stuff and so again it just is easy to read even though there's a dick swing in your face i mean they balance it out with boobies too <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> yeah other things to look at they, there's other things to look at for everyone man it's it's good stuff i don't even know what to say <laughs> It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Do you want to read? Well, actually, I don't know. I don't know if we should read the next book or 18 issues for next week. I will probably read it on my own. Uh, if there's interest in us talking about it, I'd love to see, you know? Maybe. It's a really yeah. cool book. Yeah. Really cool so we'll get some feedback. This was just a shot in the dark to see if people were interested in us talking about a graphic novel not only was it a fun read for us but you know it's it's kind of difficult to talk about 18 issues <laughs> of, yeah of, like it's something that you kind of need to see for yourself sure we can talk about themes all day but like there's a lot of things that i'm finding very hard to explain or describe <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which i did yeah, not realize I didn't realize it would be this difficult to talk about it, but here There's I am. There's a lot struggling. in there. Love, life, death, death. Uh, relationships. Sex, interspecies. Sex. <laughs> uh, interspecies, uh, uh, I don't know, like prostitution. Prostitution. Oh, yeah, that too. Slavery. Slavery. Is uh, there you want to touch on any quotes? Oh, any nice. other quotes from me? My quotes? Okay, I mean, if you want to get in some deep stuff. No, I'm just kidding. They're not that deep. Okay, this one's actually kind of deep. <laughs> All right, so Alana says life is mostly just learning how to lose. And then this resonates with me because it's like, oh, man, I know all about this. My constant rejection. This is <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead. You can explain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> constant rejection and failures. I don't know, man. That's that's just the the cards that I've been dealt with. So it's... This just feels like, oh, yeah, this is what I have to learn how to do or what I have to adapt with. Because then, I don't know, what would I, what would winning be like? I can't even describe you what that is because I haven't been on the other side. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And of course, it's it's a matter of perspective and what you consider winning to be. I 
I think we just discussed it. Yeah, I'm kind of on the opposite side of the grass, <laughs> where I'm very opposite fortunate side to be where I'm at. Grass. <laughs> where do these expressions know, come from? <laughs> I'm at the other end of think. the spaghetti. Yeah, it's gonna be, I think. Uh, you know, I'm on the other side of the fence. Uh, I'm, I'm cooked more than you are. I don't know. He said spaghetti. Good one. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm more fortunate, and so like I feel like I have a lot of wins in life that does that isn't to say like i've won or anything or i'm at a good place where you know i can't complain i I think that's the main thing like i can't complain so i do resonate with this as well i'm just saying i'm not saying like i'm (laughs) i don't because it's a lot of downs before you have your ups i'm still on the downs (laughs) when's my ups uppies i want some uppies (laughs) <laughs> you know what i'm referencing <laughs> it's uh oh gosh i do you know it's on the tip of my tongue give it's me okay. a hint. it's okay if you don't know <laughs> you know when like the guy is shorter and then like you know it's like a big tall tall woman <laughs> i thought you I thought this was in a movie i thought you were saying it was a it's not boss baby, but it's like some other one where they well, get normally it's a, a baby or something. Yeah, normally it's a baby that's like uppies, you know, and then they and they reach yeah. up. Yeah, but yeah. then like the other funnier perspective is if it's like a short male with like a tall short guy. Yeah, tall hot female. Hey, I feel it all, like, all the time. I'm a short dude. I say it all the time. <laughs> yeah, but your wife is shorter today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got lucky there. Another uh, win for me. <laughs> yeah, geez, stop winning. This is a short man. male. I, I got a short wife. Share, share, bro. It's I'm getting desperate out here. <laughs> <laughs> you want to share wife? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was talking about wins. Chill, chill. <laughs> I don't know what kind of interspatial values you got over there. I need to clarify sometimes with you. You know, I, I just don't know. <laughs> All right, so there's this funny quote from Prince Robot the Fourth, and I want to use this in my vocabulary someday. So Prince Robot the Fourth arrives on a planet, and he's like, and he's like, "Would one of you overgrown condom failures kindly remove the dead fucking dragon from my runway?" <laughs> I, just, I just think it's so funny. Like, I don't know. It might not be funny for everyone, but I think this is. One of them special lines where it's super funny if you say it in front of like a, a very appreciative crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Like that. There's so many other lines in here that is like on the same note. Uh, one that comes to mind. I'm not gonna. I, I have to paraphrase it, but it's when uh, Elena and Marco are talking outside of the lighthouse. They had a disagreement on something or whatever, and Marco's trying to calm her down, and uh, she's like. Uh, Pull your pants down and let me just uh, oh, yeah. give you a blowjob so we don't have to talk about this. And he's like, you could do that later or whatever, but we will have to talk about this. And then uh, over being overlooked, or sorry, they're, they're, his mom and the author is overlooking them. And they talk a little bit and then the mom goes, uh, is she praying? <laughs> and then the <laughs> author's like, she is indeed not praying. <laughs> <laughs> so good yeah yeah, the writing is really good man like this even though i want to say this uh overgrown condom failures thing i feel like it's very rare that it's gonna work (laughs) it's like one of those jokes 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, have you ever held like a joke in your mind for such a long time? And then like, and then you're in a crowd, like with your boys or your homies or whatever. And then you're like, I'm just going to say this line because it's going to be funny. And then you say it and then no one like reacts to it in the way that you want. So you wasted a good joke. And it's just that's the story of my life. That's it. that's what I do all the time. What a winner like yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, hey, my downs. Those are my downs. Those are downs. I got nothing but downs. <laughs> that happens to me all the time. I say a joke, and then it's like, oh man, nobody laughed at that. That was clever, man. I spent all night coming up with that. Not really. <laughs> yeah. That's why I guess that's why I'm not comedian. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's this uh, violence quote that Marco says, when a man carries an instrument of violence, he'll always find the justification to use it. If we really want to escape this war, we have to stop bringing it with us. And I feel like this kind of touches, well, on the surface level, yeah, he carries a sword. So I was like, oh, if I have a sword on me, of course, I'm going to use it eventually or something like that. But on a deeper intellectual type of way, well, I said that as if I fancy myself as an intellectual. <laughs> You, um, you could have played off of it too if you didn't say that part. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's see what the recovery is like. All right. <laughs> I'll give you the chance. All right, all right. So on a deeper level, instrument of violence can also be like your hatred or aggression, something that you're running away from that you're bringing with you. It's like a ticking time bomb that you're carrying inside of you. And one day you want to release it. So it's almost like subconsciously you are finding justification to use it. Because then I feel this way sometimes. Sometimes I feel like super angry or something like that. I'm like, man, I hope somebody talks some shit today. Because then <laughs> you just want to beat somebody up through, through some sort of internal struggle or uh, something that you are struggling with. But you want to take it out on somebody or something. But that wouldn't be right, you know, so... Just thought it was a yeah. interesting, deeper quote than just the layer meaning of it or the surface layer of it. Good recovery. That was a good recovery. All right, you won. You, you got it. <laughs> because uh, now that you you bring that up, it's actually cool. Cool. Uh, here we go again. It's cool. Um, so cool. They. Segura. So the care the the sword <laughs> that Marco carries is also a family heirloom for thousands of years. So it's it's been in the family for thousands of years to fight wars so that's actually really interesting that you say that because it has all kinds of meaning like he wants to get rid of the sword because that also harbors a ton of violence in it in and in itself we also saw a moment before this moment i believe where marco did end up using it and almost uh killed a bunch of soldiers i believe and that's why he sacrifices the sword so that way he, they can get off of the ship and it's a very nice moment for him to be like, okay, I, I talk about being a pacifist and not wanting to fight all the time. Here's my way of proving it to myself that I can do it. And he puts down the sword and breaks it. And, you know, we'll see if that remains true because I know there are <laughs> points where he has to defend his family. But I love that you brought that up in that way and, and kind of talked about the deeper meaning behind it. Yeah, it's a value that he wants to stick up for and like live up to, you know, like it's it's a common theme or thing. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> gave up on what I was going to say there. Um, 
it's it's funny thing when you see people talk about what they want to uh, live up to or what they value or like what they want to prioritize, but then their behavior uh, directly says the opposite. So in this scenario, Marco wants to live up to his pacifist ideal and actually wants to make it true, which is cool because now in story, we have so many chapters left. So every single chapter is going to be like putting him to the test. Like how strong do you believe in that value? Like how strong or how like, are you even capable of staying a pacifist in this violent type of um, world? Yeah, world. So it's the cool ironic test. thing, too, is what Alana said, like when we, we were just talking about that they have a family to think about now. That's essentially why he's laying down his arms, too, which is, again, just so interesting to go against what she's saying is that she, he's doing this for the family as well so that he doesn't bring more violence to hazel and hopefully is able to provide hazel with a a stable upbringing yeah a very cool thing that hazel says so like hazel's the a baby but she's her dialogue yeah she's also the narrator that kind of pops in every now and again in these um what are those little things called the squares I, my vocabulary I like is very limited. <laughs> it's like a dialogue box. Dialogue box. No, no, no. A frame, I guess I'll just call it. She'll okay. pop in every now and again in a frame to voice her narration of like what's going on in the story. And so she says, it doesn't take a village to raise children. It takes a whole galaxy, former friends, random acquaintances, complete strangers. And I like this because this is true. It's like that whole nature versus nurture type of thing but like nurture is interesting because your parents only have you for like a little bit amount of time and then you have to leave the house to go to school and then when you're at school you interact with like whole tons of people so then you can have the most sheltered life and that affects your perception of life but eventually you're gonna meet somebody or something that's gonna impact you which thus changes your view and you're being raised by more than just the just the idea of your parents yeah that's a really good one that's a really good one to kind of analyze that one i'm gonna internalize and think about because it's true it's again relationships building you as a character and kind of pushing you forward to the thing that you are meant to do in life or more so who you were meant to be that's cool (laughs) (laughs) that's cool well yeah i mean i also think about like my life too because then like this is what happened to me sort of i bounced around a lot so my experience is like it wasn't just my parents it was like it was your parents it was other aunts and uncles it was my mom's friend friends a whole galaxy you could say (laughs) (laughs) clever clever man i could have been i could have been star lord you know Kind of. Yes. And I know you have this one written down because Hazel also says it, but I have I also had it written down on mine. Um, so if you don't mind me bringing it up. Go ahead. Is that he? she says some parents let their young kids win at games, but mine never did. I don't think it was because they were particularly competitive. They just wanted to teach me a valuable lesson. And to me, it is that not everything is going to be easy. Not everything is going to be fair. Things are going to happen. You're going to lose. 
which the... you know Alana says you're gonna lose and you're gonna have to learn to find ways to win and I thought that was just so nice to to be able to read and reflect on because it's true if you're sheltered while you're growing up you kind of don't understand how the world really works and how unfair it is how unfair it is and it's something my parents did a really good job raising me to understand is like not everything you want is going to go your way and if you want something you have to try to go and get it and another family quote or motto that we say a lot is that you can only count on yourself so if you want something done you do it yourself that's something and that reminds me a lot of it where you know you can't leave it up to chance yeah so this one just reminds me of all the times i let i lost at games like monopoly all of the Yu-Gi-Oh games 13 gathering <laughs> i wouldn't know sometimes um, <laughs> but like <laughs> chess well it's it's the strange thing is that like if you met me now you'd probably think that i'm a smart person maybe i don't know <laughs> you would an, hope. Inte- <laughs> an intellectual <laughs> <laughs> So then you'd be like, oh, yeah, he's probably good at chess or he's probably good at strategy games. But no, I freaking suck. I think it's because I lost so many damn times. I don't think I've ever even won like a Yu-Gi-Oh game, Yu-Gi-Oh duel match with any of our cousins. (laughs) You won against me a lot. (laughs) Well, well, if I won, it's because like you didn't play that much either. (laughs) (laughs) I tried. I didn't have anyone to play with. I think that's the big thing. Like you and I didn't have like brothers growing up who who played it often with us. You know, we were kind of like on our own to play it ourselves, essentially. Yeah, we had to wait for like a party or something. Yeah, but yeah, even Monopoly. Like I, I was a sore loser, dude. I remember losing (laughs) all my money in Monopoly. I'd like stomp into my room, slam in the door, and then cry. <laughs> can't win nothing can't win nothing man not even fake money Jeez. Uh, but it is a valuable lesson because then now it's like a reminder that it ain't easy it ain't easy being wheezy it had oh man probably <laughs> ptsd from my asthma attacks i know we all we all have asthma here so it's <laughs> <laughs> it ain't easy being wheezy that's why it's uh it ain't easy being us but yeah it's a really good quote guys read this graphic novel so support them let's hope they finish <laughs> oh yeah like they're taking a long time there's only what 40 ish issues left but i want yeah. you know i hope i hope they finish same I we need it, it to end well yeah I don't or want to it end to actually just in general <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> unlike game of thrones or... unlike game of thrones <laughs> jeez Man, maybe we should have gotten to my quote sooner because, you know, that was a lot of deep thinking. <laughs> no, no, now we say it for the end, you know, it's all good. You know, I subconsciously planned that. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about? I'm a little drained. So, <laughs> okay, good. <no>. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's it for this episode then. We'll just end it there. And uh, thank you for joining us as we discuss and discuss Saga. Hopefully. We might make more, we might not. Depends. Yeah, just let us know. You guys been here? Um, but yeah, I've been Derek. I've been Kevin. All right, follow, follow us. us for more comments. <laughs> follow us. I say comment. You say comment. <laughs> <so> comment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do do that thing that you guys do 
which is (laughs) (laughs) and no one's commented (laughs) ah geez uh well we're tired we should probably go (laughs) yeah good goodbye do do things and do them more bye (laughs) bye